Trice Talk Mini Pod for a Wednesday night, August the 11th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. And you knew that already, didn't you? Uh, Mini Pod, that gap filler between episodes of Trice Talk, a mini version, if you will, of our regular show where I limit the subject as well as the time for the show itself. At least most of the time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this mini pod episode. Uh, so tonight I'm going to kind of get back in the regular mode, although I do have three three uh, stories, three articles to share with you tonight. Uh, they're not they're not long articles and keeping in line with uh, the mini pod concept, if you will. But. Uh, there, there's so much stuff going on today. And, and again, uh, Dennis Lee and I talked about, uh, the Cuomo stuff a little bit last night on the regular tries talk, uh, show. So I'm not going to really get into the Cuomo stuff today, but, um, I do have some things that I want to talk about. The, uh, first story is from, uh, Newsmax finance desk. And, uh, I guess it shares or originally got the story from the associated press. And the title is the Biden administration sounds alarm on rising energy prices. Are you kidding? (laughs) So Joe Biden just finally woke up and is admitting that gas prices are rising and they have been since he took office. Yeah. Well, all right. Way to keep up, Joe. So, um, this is um, an article, like I say, let me find that one there. Uh, I took a picture, and I, I think I've said this before, but I took a picture oh, early January when I was having to fill up uh, one night on the way home from a job, and I took a picture of the sign outside uh, of the gas prices at that, that night, just so I could, because I knew since Biden had been elected president, we knew that he was going to cancel, you know, he was going to shut down the uh, pipeline for us. And we, I think most of us conservatives anyway, realized that the gas prices were going to go up. I don't think any of us really knew how much uh, because we didn't know how drastic Joe Biden would be with his 
processes. But um, so uh, it depends on who you listen to. But I, I know in, in my particular case, uh, it's costing me a little over $20 a tank more to fill up than it did in January. And just fortunately for me, I don't do as much driving as I used to do. I used to average about, uh, oh gosh, maybe, you know, five, 600 miles a week. And, uh, in my truck, that doesn't go very far. Uh, I usually get about less than 400 miles out of a tank of gas. So, uh, it takes a lot of gas. So fortunately for me, I'm not having to do a lot of driving, but it's still aggravating that we had gotten the energy prices down so much in this country to a comfort level. And a lot of people benefited from that. And then this man comes into office and on day one, he takes steps that has resulted in what we have today, in some cases over a dollar a gallon more than what it was. Um, I think I'll post that picture that I have on Facebook. Uh, I need to take a picture of the current price. I'm going to go back to the same gas station so you can see the sign. But uh, I, I think I'm going to post that. Anyway, so now he's he's finally having to admit after it's gone up at least a dollar a gallon for uh, most of us. And uh, he's having to admit that, oh, there's a problem here. So this article is about that. It goes on to, did I say... Uh, let's see. Okay. We don't have a, we don't have, um, it's not credited to anybody. So it says president Joe Biden's administration is raising alarms at home and abroad about rising energy prices, slowing the nation's recovery from the pandemic induced recession. Really, Joe? I mean, really? National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on Wednesday called on the organization of the petroleum exporting countries, OPEC, to move faster to restore global supply of petroleum to pre-pandemic levels as the White House asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the domestic gasoline market for any anti-competitive behavior that could be increasing prices. Uh, yeah, okay. The joint actions Wednesday come as the Biden administration is increasingly sensitive to rising prices across the economy as it faces both political and policy pressure from inflation. And this is coming from a man who does not have to worry about gas prices. Uh, higher gasoline costs, if left unchecked, risk harming the ongoing global recovery, Sullivan said in a statement. He said the administration was pressuring OPEC and producers allied with the cartel, both in public and in private, to more swiftly undo the production cuts put in place at the start of the pandemic. Meanwhile, the National Economic, Economic Council Director, Brian Deese, asked FTC Chair Lena Khan to monitor the U.S. gasoline market and address any illegal conduct that might be contributing to price increases for consumers at the pump. The FTC is an independent agency and may take advice, but not direction from the White House. Wednesday's report from the Labor Department showed that consumer prices jumped uh, five-tenths of a percent from June to July, down from the previous monthly increase of 
nine-tenths of a percent. They have increased a substantial 5.4% compared to the year earlier, erasing much of the benefit to workers from higher pay. So I think I, I it's not in this article, but I saw on the news earlier, it may have been, uh, is either uh, Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity, but anyway, had a economist on there and they were talking about it. Well, the wages have risen about 4% this year. But then if you've got uh, the uh, consumer price index that has risen 5.4%, then basically you've wiped out any kind of increased benefit that people got from higher wages. Gas prices are up about $1 from a year ago as Americans hit peak summer driving season and return to the roads after pandemic shut-ins. Rising prices, both at the pump and across other consumer goods, have become a potent talking point among Biden's GOP critics. The White House has insisted that inflation will cool as the economy recovers from the twin shocks of the pandemic and the nation's ongoing recovery from the virus-induced lockdowns. So, this is the man, this is our president, who after shutting down our pipeline and uh, drilling on public lands, on federal lands, and then he supports Russia being able to finish their pipeline so they can sell more uh, oil to, um, to European nations. But yet, he wants to look to OPEC to solve this problem. Amazing. That is the man that, what was it, 83 million people voted for? Is that what they said? Something like that? Okie doke. All right. So the next thing, let me move back here. Uh, so I was trying to find, a, a, you know, something a little bit different than what I normally do. And as I was... Uh, scanning the various articles that I could use tonight. I mean, I had the stuff like the uh, Texas Supreme Court allows for the rest of Democrats who don't show up at the Capitol. Um, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos backed mining firm to seek electric vehicle metals in Greenland. What a weird place to be looking for that, I would think. But um and let's see, Senator Cruz warns that bipartisan infrastructure bill could obliterate cryptocurrency. And eh, that's not one I really care about. But protesters gather at New York City Hall to oppose vaccine passport. All right. Well, they're not only doing that in France. Now we're going to start, uh, what'd you say, protesting that here in the U.S., but then I settled on one that is a little bit different from stuff that I normally use. But it's when I first read it, it's like, wait a minute, am I reading this correctly? And then I got to the end and I said, okay, I guess I am. So I'm going to share it with you. And this is from the Epic Times. The Epic Times, uh, some source that I use quite often on uh, both mini pods and the regular TriStock show. This one was written by Alan Stein, and it's 
titled St. Louis Cab Company Refuses Service to Mask Masked Vaccinated Customers. That sounds weird when you read it right the way that that way, right? <laughs> that way, that way. I get tongue tied even when I'm by myself. Um, but let me share this with you. The owner of this CAD company says he's gotten praise, death threats over controversial stance he's taken on this issue. A cab company in Missouri has rolled out a new rule for the COVID-19 vaccinated. If you've taken the injection, you'll be denied service. You did not hear me incorrectly. I did not read it incorrectly. That's what it says. If you've taken the injection, you'll be denied service. The same rule applies to wearing a mask. We kind of just let them know up front that we don't allow mask in the vehicle. I ask them if they've done any shots. I don't get into the whys with customers. I ask them to do their homework. Charlie Burlington, owner of a St. Louis-based Yo Transportation, told the Epic Times. That's the name of the company, Yo Transportation. Likewise, Burlington said he won't service customers carrying guns or marijuana, even with a doctor's prescription as a matter of policy. So if you have glaucoma and you have happen to have some marijuana on you, you will not be riding in one of Charlie's cabs. Of course, I'm not quite sure if he does a strip search, you know, to see if anybody is carrying drugs or a, a pistol, but, uh, Maybe he goes on the honor system. Who knows? All right. So we have a ton of safety protocols, said Burlington. He's 52, though none of them have been as hotly controversial as not serving people who've been vaccinated against COVID-19. I've been called a dumbass cab driver. You don't know, in uh, parentheses, expletive. You're no doctor. A lot of them are stunned, he says. A majority say it doesn't make any sense. And that's what Burlington is saying about the vaccine policy, vaccination policy he has. Burlington stated that the state-certified taxi company, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's re, let, let me circle back to that sentence. Burlington stated well, I'm going to do it twice wrong. Burlington started, thank you very much, the state-certified taxi company 16 years ago. He currently operates with a fleet of three bright pink vehicles. Uh, yep, it's a pink one. <laughs> okay, I, was, I didn't think it was pink. Uh, I wonder if he got them off the Mary Kay people. Well, they're not Mercedes, so I guess not. Um, <laughs> all right. He started his certified taxi company 16 years ago. He currently operates with a fleet, he says, of three bright pink vehicles. I, I didn't know three would be considered a fleet, but I, I you know, I guess maybe, maybe so. 
What's good for a business that is allowed to mandate the shots is good for a business that doesn't, he said. So he's kind of saying turnabout is fair play. Burlington said that the company's vaccine policy followed after he heard from customers who knew someone who had an adverse reaction to the injection. I have doctors on the inside who oppose the vaccines who are are fighting for their jobs, Burlington said. I saw a general worker at a gas station that I've known for years. She said her co-worker who did, did get the shot got very sick. Since the company started the vaccine policy, Burlington said his voicemail has been inundated, mostly from people expressing their support, but also with hate messages and death threats. I've heard from other business owners that support me 100%, especially from Texas. I've never been attacked as I have been now, Burlington said. Has this gained me any business? No. Yo Transportation isn't the first small business to take a stand against the COVID-19 vaccines since their nationwide distribution began in December under President Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed, by the way. So Tony Pantaresco, owner of Herb Plus Beadwork in Windsor, Ontario, in April posted a sign informing customers that they wouldn't be allowed into the health and wellness store if they've taken the vaccine. In May, an Australian hair salon owner announced she would refuse service to customers who have had the vaccine because of unknown health effects. Dr. Jane Orient, executive director of the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, the AAPS in Tucson, Arizona, said people should have the right to work whether they've been vaccinated or not. As Americans, we really should have the right to work for people who want to work. We're not slaves, Orient told the Epic Times. There is certainly no law that says you can't serve people who you believe to be in a to be a public threat. I think of any good reason why you aren't allowed to discriminate the other way. If enough people stand up for their rights, businesses are going to have to back off. She says, attorney Matt Staver, the founder of Florida-based Liberty Council, said a public backlash against corporate vaccine mandates is already brewing. While not widely reported in the media, he said a number of healthcare workers nationwide have begun to protest against the vaccine mandates. We're living in a very lawless time that is very dangerous, Staver said. Uh, or he told the Epic Times, companies are not going to survive the legal challenges that are coming. So, you know, <laughs> again, this is his business. And I think he has a right to run it any way he wants, as long as, you know, he doesn't discriminate based on rec, uh, rex, <laughs> race, sex, uh, creed, whatever, all the ones that get filled into that category. So, you know, uh, he's only got three cabs. So how many people could it actually affect? And if he's willing to take the flack from the people who say, you know, 
can't ride in his cab because they said they've been vaccinated. But here's, here's a thought that creeped into my mind as I was reading this. And I was like, uh, so he asked people if they've uh, been vaccinated. And if you know that ahead of time coming into the situation, and I'm imagining now that this article has come out, depending on how widespread it's, you know, it's read, how widely it's read, or if they listen to Trice Talk, uh, they'll know. Now, if you want to get into the, one of these pink cabs, you just need to lie. Well, hell no, I haven't gotten the vaccine. And just, you know, I, that's stupid to get the vaccine. Da, 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 da. Certainly don't wear a mask. You don't have to worry about it. So, you know, <laughs> do what some people do best. Lie if you want to ride in one of those pink cabs. Uh, that sounds like an easy solution to me. Of course, if you're not aware of his policy, I guess he's assuming that most people don't know that that will is the wrong answer when he asks you that question. So I thought that was kind of <laughs> kind of an interesting story, just because it's totally opposite of what you think it would be. But uh, yeah, that's Charlie Burlington, owner of the St. Louis based yo transportation so if you're up in st louis missouri way and you see one of those uh you have the need for a cab and one pulls up that is pink you need to tell them that you are not vaccinated if you want to ride in this cab of course then that might be true right all right so got one more here that I want to share. And this is one I, I heard the story tonight, or maybe it's earlier today, you know, and it seemed like every day that I hear some dumbass story on the news that just, it, it probably shouldn't bother me, especially when it's not in a state that I live in. Lord knows we got enough dumbass uh, people in this state running some things. Um, but when I heard this, I couldn't, I couldn't help but wonder, you know, what in the world are we coming to? So I'll just go ahead and maybe you've already heard it as well. But this is uh, I found in Fox News, which is probably uh, right since I saw it on Fox News earlier today. But it's titled "Oregon Governor Signs Bill." suspending math reading proficiency requirements for high school graduates. Where were these people when I was going to school? Of course, I'll have to say honestly that compared to what kids have to do in high school today, what I did was child's play. Of course, it says uh, most Republicans have come out against this bill. And this article is by Edmund DeMarche. I guess it's DeMarche or DeMarc. I'm not really sure. So the article says Governor Kate Brown, the Oregon Democrat, signed a bill last month with little fanfare that drops the requirement that high school students prove proficiency in reading, writing, or math before graduation, a report said. Well, why not? Why not? Uh, <laughs> why not worry? I mean, why 
why not forget about uh, your students that you're you have control over for three to four years, depending on when you started there in high school? Why not get rid of that proficiency? I mean, what difference does it make if they can't read all that well or they can't they can't write? I didn't know they had to write anymore anyway. I thought uh, cursive writing had been done away with, but maybe they still print. I'm not quite sure. And math. Who the hell needs math? I mean, you know, hardly anybody uses uh, money anymore. You know, you use debit cards, credit cards, uh, just uh, PayPal, you know, how many people actually ex- exchange cash anymore? So you don't have to be able to count. And if you're a cashier, you don't have to be able to count because the register does all that for you. Anyway, going back to the article, the Oregonian reported that the governor had has seemed to avoid discussing Senate Bill 744, Her move to sign the bill was not public until recently because her office did not hold a signing ceremony or issue a press release. The paper also pointed out that the bill was first signed uh, on July the 14th, but not added into the state's database until July the 29th due to a glitch in the system. And what would that glitch be? Brown's office did not immediately respond to an after-hours email from Fox News. Well, who would be there to respond to it? Uh, In June, state lawmakers voted to approve the bill that suspended the requirements for students for three years. And this is reported by KATU. I'm assuming that's a radio or TV station in in, uh, Oregon somewhere. (laughs) Um, foundations for a better Oregon said in a statement at the time that the bill is intended to truly reflect what every student needs to needs to thrive in the 21st century. So we're saying that the students don't really need math. They don't need to be proficient in, in English, right? Okay. So that's what they're saying. Supporters of the bill insist that considering math and reading essential skills has been unfair. It's been an unfair challenge for students who do not test well. Well, I was one of those students that didn't test too well (laughs) many moons ago, but uh, I've never, I, well, we'll go on to the article here. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll expand on that in a moment. The report said that the requirement was the first suspended was first suspended at the start of the pandemic. So I guess they had already gotten rid of it last year, but that was just suspended. Now they've um, signed it into a law. Um, Says that the KATU report pointed out that Republicans have come out against the bill and claim that it lowers expectations for our kids. Do you think it really does? But there was some bipartisan support to the bill. Charles Boyle, the deputy communications director from Brown's office, told that the paper in an email that staff from the governor's office informed legislative staffers about the bill's signing on the day it was passed. He also said that the new standards for graduation will help benefit the state's 
Black, Latino, Latinx, or Latinx, I'm indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islanders, tribal, and students of color. Now, really, did you need that last one in there after you've already named all of these groups? Okay. All right. Well, I guess they wanted to be thorough. The paper reported that the bill could stay in effect for five years until new requirements. The paper's editorial staff urged Brown to veto the bill back in June. Oregon schools were among the last in the country to reopen to in-person instruction during the pandemic. An editorial read, Our legislators should be focused on how to help students regain the ground they've lost after a year and a half of distance learning and hybrid instruction, not on lowering our standards. Okay, that's pretty much it for the article. For the life of me, I can't. I can't understand that. I mean, uh, the if you pay attention to to news stories, let me switch back over here, get off of this because this silly thing is with pop ups. I mean, the article actually jumps around while I'm trying to read from it because of the stupid pop ups in this thing. But I, I have to say, very little could surprise me anymore. And, and as I said on the last mini-pod, there are people in this country that will not be satisfied until they've transformed our home into an unrecognizable mess. Uh, I myself wasn't the greatest student in school by any means, as I've said, and, and high school math was a struggle for me. Geometry, algebra, oh my gosh, side, angle, side. But that doesn't mean that I don't think that those subjects are not necessary. Um, I also hate some of the things about English, but certainly did better with that than I did with math. In fact, if it wasn't for the grace, the sheer grace of my geometry teacher, who actually was in her last year of teaching, so that probably helped me as well. But uh, interesting side article, my geometry teacher in high school was the very same Geometry, geometry teacher that my dad had when he was in high school, 20 some odd years before me. And that's uh, kind of an oddity, but uh, I, I, my father and my uncle, his brother, all three of us went to the same high school. Um, but if it hadn't been for her, I, I probably would not have passed geometry that year. And she helped me out and was very lenient in grading my papers. Uh, she basically said, well, if it even looked like that I was going towards the right answer, she gave me credit for it. But again, just the, just the fact that I wasn't that good with it doesn't mean that I don't think that, that it wasn't a necessary uh, subject or that you know people don't need to be good in these subjects. But just because you have students that struggle with certain subjects doesn't mean that you scrap the entire program because of that. Do you think that they're lowering the bar in math and language in China or Russia? 
No, they're probably a lot more stringent, I mean, a lot more strict in those countries, especially China, about the studies in school. For some reason, in this country, we seem to think that it's wrong to uh, push our kids. I heard one uh, commentator say, I think it was from CNN, if I'm not mistaken, saying that, well, you know, it, it's not fair to the kids that are that struggle with these subjects to make them feel bad because they can't keep up with the others that have the ability to do well or do well because they study hard. Just because some people are better at doing things than others doesn't mean that it's they're smarter or, or this easier for them. Sometimes they just work harder. Of course, this action in Oregon sh really shouldn't be a surprise since schools in many Democrat-led cities are already getting uh, failing grades. I mean, they're making excuses. Uh, I, I was, gosh, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was um, that county, Loudoun County in Virginia. I, I probably shouldn't say that because if I'm wrong, some fact checker will say, well, you know, you misspoke on that. Well, let's say I don't know where it is, but I just heard that there was a, a county that with uh, that they're, they're leading the nation and, uh, and and students testing poorly, testing out poorly when they're they're leaving high school. That they come away from high school without the basic skills in these various subjects to really have a, a good shot at, at having a decent living, making a decent living in life. Um, of course, if if we allow these idiots to dumb down our future voters, they will effectively dumb down the nation. So the liberal mantra is if we can't touch the bar, we have to lower the bar. So we don't have anybody standing on the sidelines feeling bad because they didn't reach the bar. And I'm not saying that there's not people, uh, students that have some learning disabilities or challenges that should not be uh, compensated for in whatever means is necessary. But for it, for it to be a general rule for the entire student body in a, uh, or in, in the case of Oregon, the entire state and in, in all the high schools in Oregon, they're lowering the standards. So nobody's going to feel bad because they can't do that. And really we want to, we want to dumb down, in, in language and in, in English. I mean, of course, you know, these are the same people that also say that uh, language in business is pretty much uh, white supremacist uh, origins anyway, or racial, you know, racially motivated language that people don't really have to talk that the way they talk in business. You know, you don't have to be that proper. You don't have to be that precise. That's so, you know, they keep making excuses for, again, lowering the bar. And now they want to just outright lower the bar for the students. So 
they don't have to worry about achieving all that much. They can just get, get out of high school. My question is, what do they do when, if they're going to go to college? Well, the next thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to lower the standards to get in to college. But if you're going to make it free for everybody, does it really matter anyway? Of course, I know that's just community college that's in that bill and the, um, in the $3.5 trillion bill, but all right. <laughs> you know, if we have a, a, if this generation that these Democrats seem to be trying to mold with CRT and now reducing the standards for learning in schools, uh, reducing the standards in some colleges. Uh, everything that I've heard and and pretty much this year, and that's not saying that it only started when Biden went into office. The problem is a lot of this crap was going on before. Then, uh, it's just that we didn't become aware of a lot of it until. Um, the pandemic and, and parents were having to stay home with their kids and paying attention to some of this online learning. Now, you know, uh, a lot of people say that it's been going on in colleges for years because we've known that colleges tend to be liberal minded more, you know, the student bodies tend to be more liberal minded than conservative, but, um, they're not satisfied with that. They want to take it all the way down to the kindergarten level. If you pay attention to a lot of the stuff that they're trying to do, uh, a lot of the policies and a lot of the CRT tra- uh, you know, curriculum and so forth that they're, they're proposing and supposedly been doing in a lot of places, they want to take it all the way down to the very moment that you come into school. I'm surprised or... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime, you know, five, 10 years from now, if this, if this, I had to say crap, I want to say something else. If this stuff is successful for them, that these people are going to, you know, you'll have people showing up at the hospital to make sure that, that you've got cassette, uh, well, not cassette tapes. That's way, way old school. I don't know what they'll do, what they'll have then chips, (laughs) flash drives. I don't know. But they'll show up at the hospital and and give you a booklet or or uh, uh, a manual telling you how to raise your child to make sure that they're raised properly with all of this bullshit influence that they want to heap on our students in school today because they they're going to take it to the cradle if this continues. In fact, one might say that just about every harebrained idea that has come out of the Democrat camp in the last several years has one goal in mind, to keep the American public right where they want them, beholding and complacent. Now, if Democrats could just figure out how to control those damn conservatives. All right, that is it for tonight. Um, I want to thank you for listening and downloading this episode of Tristalk Minipod. If you like this or any of the Tristalk Family Podcasts, please be sure to follow us. Um, I'll be back tomorrow night 
hopefully with co-host Dennis Lee for Thursday night with Trice Talk. Uh, and we, like I said, we're, did I say that? We're going to do a live show tomorrow night, or at least that's the current plan. Uh, I'll be posting that on Twitter tomorrow so people have a heads up. If you look at the Podbeam calendar, you'll also see that it's uh, it's uh, listed as a public show, which means that it, it will be live. And uh, hopefully y'all can join us for that show tomorrow night, and we'd love to have uh, any of you call in and talk to us and give us your thoughts about what's going on in this country of ours right now, or how are you, what direction you think it's going. But um, yeah, that'll be tomorrow night. And if you would like to send us an email and comment about anything that we talk about here on Minipod or the regular Trice Talk series, uh, please do that at Trice Talk 69 PTS at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we may be announcing uh, some uh, little contest tomorrow night as well that you may be able to win something. So please join us. And until then, keep your eyes open, everybody, and uh, stay safe. Bye.